0: She can change the world.
1: Yeah, so I guess she can find gum inside of an Android. Okay. All right. Yeah. (laughs) You know what it is? I'm fatigued from three months of discussing Matt Murdock's
0: extrasensory medical powers. And his ability to hear things.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He'd heard that gum in there before (laughs) Wanda found it, let me tell you. Welcome to the Marvelous Madness Podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris.
0: And I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things Marvel.
1: Madams, assemble.
0: I can hear the glee. (laughs) I can already
1: barely contain my enthusiasm right now. It doesn't matter that I've been awake since three o'clock this morning. I don't care. I'm fine.
0: So how excited were you to see the Marvel logo again with fresh content?
1: Oh, my God. So honestly, I was getting a little hyped out with WandaVision. With Wandavision, mm-hmm. There's been so much hype now for so long, and we've all been waiting. And it, there's a kind of fatigue that sets in with it when it's like, God, just give it to us already. And yeah. honestly, I, I woke up this morning. I was like, all right, time for the show. And I just sat down and... You know, I didn't do it intentionally as like a theater experience, but I watched it in the dark, primarily to make sure that our maniac of a dog stayed asleep for the duration of the episodes. (laughs) (laughs) But as soon as those credits came on, which I did not expect,
0: (laughs) I felt like I was
1: in a movie theater
0: again. I know. Well, I couldn't see it in the dark, but when I did and the the music started and all these clips started coming in, I was like, holy crap, have I missed this?
1: Yes, God. And everybody's going through a hard time right now. Things are a fucking mess. Uh, Personally, Mm -hmm. my husband and I are going through some really stressful crap this month. And I started to crack this week from stress. And God, did I need this today? I didn't yeah. know how badly. Oh mm-hmm.
0: yeah, this this was sorely needed.
1: Yes. Now, on that note, everyone. So we are recording this. It is nine twelve a.m. on Friday morning, January fifteenth. Things in the U.S. aren't great, and we are not psychic. Yes.
0: Yeah, so there is a possibility we might say something that would age like milk. So, if that's the case.
1: (laughs) Well said.
0: (laughs) So, if that's the case, we're sorry.
1: Yeah, if we say something that is suddenly wildly inappropriate come Wednesday, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Please forgive us.
0: Yeah, we can't just say no and go back and not say that.
1: All we can say is we're hoping for the best. And the day this episode comes out, by noon, we will be able to say the three sweetest words in the English language, President Joe Biden.
0: (laughs) And in a situation like this, no news is good news.
1: Yes, this is true. So without further ado.
0: Let's get started.
1: I can't remember having more fun watching a show than I did today.
0: Yeah, this was, this was fun i actually watched this twice yep same here Yep, yeah i watched the episodes twice because the first time was just me just grinning at the tv not making any notes just (laughs) fuck it all just enjoying it and then the second time i sat down and actually wrote my notes down
1: yeah same here i was just overwhelmed by everything about this it's I hate to say this because it's a cliche and they've been saying it for so long, but this really is like nothing we've ever seen.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of trippy.
1: Yeah. It's like a Russian nesting doll of entertainment.
0: Yeah, it is. And a part of me knows this is Marvel and, you know, there's certain aspects and there is a certain amount of seriousness to it. Yet they're doing this crazy sitcom style nonsense. And there's this whole. It's it's a mind fuck. I was having some trouble. Yeah. Conciling, reconciling the two.
1: We know they're fucking with us and we're fine with it and we fucking love it. And it's just this show within a show within a show.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is.
1: And it looks absolutely incredible.
0: It does. It's fantastic. They've done a fantastic job.
1: Seriously, everyone involved with the production design of this show Deserves all kinds of applause, awards, medals, anything positive we could throw at them.
0: <laughs> and that's only after seeing the first two episodes. We don't yeah. know what's coming after this.
1: Yeah, we haven't even gotten to color.
0: Yeah, Marvel, we're great fans. We want to give the best content to our listeners possible. If you'd be willing to send us episodes early, that would be great. <laughs> Purely one professional to another.
1: <laughs> You've been praying for those scooters for a while now, Missy.
0: Yeah, and one day it will happen.
1: <laughs> and not only does the production design look amazing, so do the effects. I was sitting on my couch several times saying, how, how are they doing that? How are they doing that?
0: They did it the old school way.
1: I know. I guess that's why it looks so crazy because it's been forever since we've seen it but at yeah, the same time the- there's something so modern and magical about it
0: yeah it does have uh, it does have a modern twist to it obviously but they have stayed true to the roots and they have done a lot of physical effects
1: yeah and this show now contains though it was brief my favorite new MCU character who gummed up vision i could watch paul bettany do that all goddamn day (laughs) but we'll get there
0: yeah okay so let's actually get into the episode now
1: i love this theme song and this intro so much
0: yeah the first one right
1: yes yes starting with f1 people
0: yeah it's it's fun and when i heard it for the first time i couldn't help but think about you because you did this whole campaign on twitter and instagram with old theme songs redone for WandaVision. Yes, indeed. If you guys haven't seen that, check it out.
1: Yes, they are on Twitter. Please, people, I need the validation. (laughs) I pretend like I don't, but I do.
0: Yes, so please check it out and please tell her that you like it because she's been (laughs) chewing my brains.
1: (laughs) And man, what a brilliant idea with this live audience. It's just perfect from the very beginning when he drops Wanda at the door like that. Oh, who knew that these two were such great physical comedians? (laughs) Had no idea. Yeah, and they've
0: been so serious and stoic all these years.
1: Yeah, yeah. Bettany especially. I've, I've seen Paul Bettany in a lot of things over the years, and he's been great. A beautiful mind. He's great in The Da Vinci Code, even if, you know not the best movie, Manhunt Unabomber. He's fantastic. He's done a lot of work, but I have never seen him do this. Never imagined he could.
0: Yeah, true. I never thought he could either.
1: And you know, it's something that does, it, it doesn't even enter your brain to think, could an actor do 50 sitcom style? Why would we even entertain that idea? You know?
0: Yeah, but this is, this is Marvel. I mean, nothing's off the table, clearly.
1: nope. And, you know, this is, I think, going to become one of Vision's taglines. I don't eat food.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. At least for the length of this show.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I love the whole play on breakfast because that was always a big thing back in the day was like, at least on sitcoms anyway, was enormous breakfasts.
0: Yeah, that's something that I've noticed. Even in modern TV, you have this whole buffet of breakfast and people just pick up a slice of toast and run away. Like, dude, if I have made this entire buffet, you bloody well sit down and eat it.
1: Yes, I can't tell you how many times I've seen that on a show when the snot-nosed kid comes down. Oh, I don't have time. I'm gonna be late for school. I'm gonna just grab this piece of white dry toast. And there's just stacks of pancakes and sausages on the table. First of all, who the fuck is making this? And who has time to eat all this? No, this does not exist. This is not a thing. So I love their play on that.
0: Yeah, and people who eat that kind of stuff for breakfast don't look the way people (laughs) do on TV shows.
1: This is true. Now, first thing I do want to say, there are so many things we're going to hit on throughout these two episode lines, little things we've noticed. But first and foremost, Vision has the mind stone in his head.
0: Yes, of course. No question. Yeah, he wouldn't be alive if he didn't have the stone in his head
1: well alive
0: is debatable yes Uh, yeah
1: so but we're we're gonna get into that whole definition of alive we're gonna talk
0: yeah because what's real
1: yeah this show is going to create some lively debate around the definition of the word alive for sure
0: (laughs) i think it's also going to create a new definition of what's real
1: yeah speaking of what's real so Wanda and vision both notice that this day, August 23rd, is marked on their calendar for something important.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's a nice heart on it.
1: Uh-huh. Now, we're going to find out later on that Vision's boss, Mr. Hart, and his wife are coming for dinner. But I still can't help wonder if August 23rd might mean something else. If this is some kind of Easter egg clue. Could be. I don't know. And I was thinking, is that the day Vision died? No. Infinity War came out in May. So not sure. Probably just fucking with us. Maybe not.
0: (laughs) Time will tell. Could it be the date that Wanda and Vision got together for the first time?
1: Define got together.
0: That's a different story. That's a different discussion. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to go there too. Hence the vagueness right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, got to say, Paul Bettany absolutely nails Dick Van Dyke's mannerisms and attitude. Okay. Spot on. Just absolutely perfect. And he's got like a similar kind of build, that tall, skinny coat hanger kind of build. It so works.
0: All right. I'll take your word for it.
1: And Elizabeth Olsen looks perfect. She looks like she took a trip in a time machine back to the 50s. The costuming and makeup just pitch perfect.
0: Yes, absolutely. And the intonation, the way she speaks, it's she's got it down.
1: Mm-hmm. They, the two of them understood exactly what this is.
0: Now, here's something that I was wondering. We're not going to get into the deep theories that we have right now, but wouldn't it make more sense for Vision to have an American accent?
1: It took me till the end of this episode to realize that no one was commenting on his accent. Okay. Yeah. It didn't occur to me right away because we're so used to hearing Vision speak, hearing Paul Bettany speak, and we think nothing of it, but it didn't occur to me until the end. I was like, huh, this is odd. People should be commenting on this. This is definitely an oddity in white suburbia in the 1950s. And the fact that his name is Vision, also no one is commenting on and They don't even have a last name.
0: Correct. That's one of the things. But okay, the last name didn't come up, but his accent. Yeah. Most Mm -hmm. certainly does.
1: Yeah. If he can fix his face, why not fix his voice, too? Correct. Now, granted, I think it would have been a lot harder for Paul Bettany to do this performance while trying to hold the American accent. So maybe Mm -hmm. that's part of it, too.
0: Or it comes to something else much deeper, Mm -hmm. which we'll get to later.
1: Could be. With him fixing his face, I just couldn't even. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, that was done really well. So
1: then Vision heads off to work and Wanda's at home, not realizing she has nothing to do and doesn't know how she got there.
0: Yeah, and neither of them also remember what that heart on the date is about. Uh huh. They're kind of playing off each other and just tiptoeing around it.
1: Yes. And one of them forget, okay, sure, but both of them,
0: hmm, mm-hmm.
1: that's fishy. Yeah. Mm hmm. So now it's time for Wanda to meet her new neighbor, Agnes. I bow to Catherine Hahn, one of the queens of comedy.
0: She is fantastic.
1: <laughs> I love her so much. I always have. I can't imagine anybody else playing this part.
0: Yeah, after two yeah episodes. she's amazing. Yeah.
1: And the writing.
0: And the, and the writing, yes. And here's the thing. We don't know how she's going to change for the next era when we no. get to it. I can't wait. Yeah, me neither.
1: One of the best jokes in this episode. Sorry, my mother-in-law was in town, so I wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mother-in-law jokes were such a staple of those old sitcoms and bridge playing, of course. I think, like, Lucille Ball was contractually obligated to play bridge on I Love Lucy no less than twice a month.
0: Uh, Have you ever played bridge?
1: I'm not actually 85 years old, so no, I have not.
0: Do you know what it is? It's
1: a card game.
0: Okay. See, I didn't know that.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a card game played with four people. So it was a very popular game for couples to play back in the day.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Lucy, Ethel, Fred, and Ricky were always playing Bridge on Isle of Lucy.
0: Okay. Now, when Agnes shows up and Wanda introduces herself, did you notice the way she puts her hand out? Yes. Yes. Was that something that was common in 50s sitcoms or was that just weird?
1: That stood out to me too, because that's more of a thing a woman back then would do when meeting a man. Mm -hmm. So it did stand out to me as a little, especially for Wanda, for what we've seen of her, a little on the formal side. Yeah. And I think it was intentional and I don't know why.
0: (laughs) I have a theory that I'm going to put out at the end of our episode and let's see how much that makes sense.
1: Okay. And again here we're going to keep saying this. Elizabeth Olsen is spot on with the wide eyes, the way she's moving, the way she's smoothing yeah. her skirt down, the way yeah. her and Catherine Hahn are just sitting with each other. And the way Hahn is standing and moving with the the sassiness of the body language, it's perfect.
0: It is. It goes to show how much research they have done, each and every one of the cast and crew.
1: In interviews, uh, the cast has said they were put through a sitcom boot camp to get the <laughs> real feel of all this. And man, I can't imagine going to work and be like, yeah, I'm watching old episodes of uh, Dick Van Dyke and I Love Lucy and Bewitched and getting paid for it. Nice work if you can get it.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, technically, isn't this our job? Watching television shows <sharp inhale> and talking about it? Shh,
1: don't tell anyone. We want to make money. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> so Catherine Han, her her presence as this nosy neighbor, just sticking her nose into things where it doesn't belong, going to set Wanda up for a nice romantic dinner because that's what Wanda assumes. It must be their anniversary, some kind of anniversary. It's a heart, after all. Must be a romantic night. Yeah,
0: makes sense. And...
1: Something happens here, too, that makes me wonder about the state of Wanda and Vision's relationship. There's going to be a couple of these things when Wanda asks about, well, what are the seduction techniques? Is this just Wanda's, let's say, lack of prior experience or because she's wondering how one would seduce an android that apparently possibly has no genitalia?
0: yeah that kind of stood out to me too and i didn't want to put too much thought into it because i kind of see where she's coming from considering how long it's been since i've seduced or been seduced (laughs) so i just want to block that out of my memory if you don't mind
1: well too uh agnes seems like a more she's a little older she seems like a more experienced kind of gal with her magazine so maybe that's a little part of it too
0: Possibly, but I think it, it is the overall off-kilterness that she's feeling because when Agnes shows up, she asks Wanda a bunch of questions. Uh-huh. And Wanda doesn't have any answers to any of them. Nope. So it's that general off-kilterness that Wanda's feeling.
1: So those two are going to put this romantic evening together while we go see Vision at work. I can't handle this. It's, it's just, <laughs> he's too much. Also, I just want to say Yakety Yak is one of the worst earworms in all of human musical history. So good luck to everybody with that today.
0: Wait, that's a real song? Yes. Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's a real song. Anytime I hear that song, it always makes me picture uh, John Candy and Dan Aykroyd because that is featured in a big way in an 80s movie called The Great Outdoors. Or it might have been the 90s. Anyway, it was sometime before John Candy died. Okay. So Vision is basically trying to figure out what the hell he does at this place.
0: Yeah, that's another red flag, if you will.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it's it's a great play on these old-timey, like, 50s jobs that we would see on TV of what the hell does this place do?
0: Yeah, it's and it's also like, how do they even have a job considering they're doing everything under the sun except going to work every day? Uh-huh you know? So that's a nice joke as well.
1: Yeah. There's so many great in-jokes here blended with the old-timey sitcom talk. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is.
1: And, you know, I was wondering throughout both of these first two episodes, because I can't remember the timing of it all, and, you know, his, his hair is buzzed right now during these interviews in the press tour. I can't tell if this is Paul Bettany's actual hair or a wig. I wouldn't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Either way, it's perfect.
0: Yeah, I suppose it would make sense for it to be a wig because they would need to have him cover up, right, for for the whole vision makeup.
1: That's true. You're right. You're right. But who knows? What I love, too, is the way they're able to not only blend this writing, but create tension with it. I know where this is going, like, in terms of, the the sitcom style, like everything's going to work out in the end. Nonetheless, Mm -hmm. I was legit freaking out when Vision's boss comes out, we find out about this dinner.
0: Yeah, you do get a bit worried. Yeah. Because after all, it is Marvel. The stakes are high. And yet it is a sitcom and we're supposed to expect hilarity and just general nonsense that happens.
1: But, you know, I kind of forgot there was great tension and suspense on those old shows, you know, and the stakes were real a lot of the time. Like we're going to see so in this episode we're going to see this whole boss coming to dinner situation and that was a common trope. So mm-hmm. what came to my mind was an old episode of I Love Lucy where so for those who aren't familiar uh with the show, Ricky, Lucy's husband, was the headliner of a nightclub, the Tropicana. And Ricky really wanted to become the manager. And he has his boss and the boss's wife over for dinner as kind of like an interview for the managerial job. And he's freaking out about it because Lucy has some issues with time management and <laughs> he's concerned that this dinner isn't going to go well because of that. So a couple days before he decides to put Lucy on a schedule for housework. Okay. Forget about the misogyny of this. Yes, I know. But... The point is he puts her on the schedule and she gets super pissed about it. Like she usually does when Ricky gives her orders and she creates this insane schedule that leads them to having an absolutely insane dinner. It's hilarious. She gives everybody like 30 seconds to eat. She's taking plates away while they're mid spoon. It's fantastic. But, and you're worried because like it's clearly ruining the dinner and Ricky's face, he's freaking out. But by the end of it, the boss says to him, Ricardo, this is no way to run a household. And he's just like, you know, kind of like Vision. Like, oh yes, sir, I know. But it is the way to run a nightclub. You've got the job. (laughs) And that's what I was thinking of here. It's pick it's pitch perfect.
0: Yeah, it is. But then that goes to show that the stakes aren't quite real in the sitcom because everything turns out okay at the end.
1: But it's still written well enough for you to be a little worried. That's the point, and yeah, they, that's they true. do that here. Like when he says, yeah. "Arthur is the boss's name." Uh, Arthur Hart, Mr. Hart, says to him, "You have any skeletons in your closet?" I don't have a skeleton, sir.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there are a lot of one-liners and inside jokes. It's fantastic.
1: So then we head back over to Wanda and Agnes, and we have another great trope here, a classic miscommunication between husband and wife. And Betney is so serious here, he cracks me up. Yeah. <laughs> so he thinks Wanda knows the boss is coming for dinner, and she thinks Vision knows they have some kind of romantic anniversary
0: planned. Right.
1: And then we get an interesting little interlude, don't we? Yes, we do. That's fucking with my brain.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so we get an advertisement of a toaster.
1: A Stark Industries toaster.
0: Right. With a very ominous looking blinking light.
1: And a very ominous looking non-blinking woman.
0: Yes, I know. There was something freaky about her, wasn't there?
1: She really rubbed me the wrong way, and I have no idea why.
0: Yeah, it was definitely intentional. Yes. And we'll get to that.
1: As was the tagline for this toaster, forget the past, this is your future.
0: Yes, but did you also notice that the light that was blinking on the toaster was red?
1: Uh Uh-huh. Now, I'm wondering, I'm not a Girl Scout here, anybody can tell us if that was morse code or not let us know
0: That actually the blinking and the sound reminded me of stark's bombs
1: i don't know now here's my question Mm -hmm. is this toaster in their kitchen who is this commercial for is this for us the audience or is this commercial something wanda and vision are potentially seeing on their own television who's seeing this And if there's a message in it, who is it for
0: us or them? See, now this is coming back to the theory that I have, and I'm waiting for the end of the episode to get into it.
1: Okay, because I'm also wondering if this is a message, who is it from?
0: I don't think it's a message. Okay, but then I could be very, very wrong.
1: (laughs) Wouldn't be the first time.
0: Yeah, see our
1: our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series.
0: (laughs) Yes, those of you who have been here since Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., First off, thank you so much. We love you. Secondly, the amount of crazy questions and theories that I came up for for that show, that's nothing compared to what I have in mind for this one.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So be prepared. Yes. <laughs> so Vision gets home with Mr. and Mrs. Heart and the miscommunication continues as Wanda comes out in a nighty, and... <laughs> This is fantastic. The whole old trope of using she's European as an excuse.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing. I'm totally okay with all the other jokes. There is no way Wanda would assume that guy was vision from behind. I had the
1: same, I had the same issue with that.
0: I mean, I get it. It's dark (laughs) and, you know, she's probably worked up but no way
1: yeah yeah i think we can probably just chalk that up to old sitcom silliness because there was a lot of that kind of thing a lot of kind of stuff you had to ignore like i'll give you an example i can't speak for the other shows but it was probably the same thing but on i love lucy there was one guy who showed up so many times playing different characters and you just had to accept and suspend disbelief that it's not the same guy as last time that they don't recognize him from, you know, this previous incident that a person would remember kind of deal, you know? So I think mm-hmm. that's what we're looking at there. I wouldn't read too much okay. into that.
0: All right. Yeah, no, I wasn't reading too much into it. I was just, I know it's one of those sitcomy tropes and, uh, yeah. but I don't know, it just gets to me.
1: How gorgeous is the dress she's wearing here though?
0: Uh, The dress that she turns, that she snaps into?
1: No, the original, like, nighty kind of dress.
0: Yeah, she looked good.
1: She looks like a damn goddess in that thing.
0: Yeah, I I started looking at her in a whole different light after that.
1: (laughs) Well, you're getting some triggers here watching this, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm going
0: to have a problem.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love it. But yeah, it's just hilarious because the British guy, they haven't noticed is British, is making the excuse that she's European.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. Sokovian, no less.
0: (laughs) And she's the one with the American accent.
1: Yes. Glad we're having some fun with that. (laughs) So he quickly fills her in on their little miscommunication and she realizes, oh, crap, you know, got to put this dinner together. And here we have my favorite line of both of these episodes when he tells her I figured it out you know this was the abbreviation on the calendar you move at the speed of sound and I can make a pen float through the air who needs to abbreviate
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) I actually went back and listened to it again it was just fantastic
1: yes that is an excellent point yeah (laughs) And I love this conversation between Vision and Mr. Hart, this whole vague business talk, stocks and bonds, stocks and bonds kind of nonsense. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And he's still trying to figure out what exactly that they do in the in the company.
1: <laughs> Whatever it is, he seems to be really good at it. I'm, I'm not a computer. Yeah. No, no, I'm a, I'm a carbon-based <laughs> life form. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And even the name of the company is what? computational what was it it's just some Services? nonsense yeah
1: I don't even remember S- something
0: weird computational something something and it doesn't really tell you anything does it
1: no that's the idea
0: yeah and I love the fact that the boss says you're you're a bit dense aren't you <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have no idea how dense of a being he is <laughs> So in comes Agnes to save the day here because obviously Wanda's got nothing on the stove. She just happens yeah. to have a whole chicken, a bag of potatoes, just all the fixings you can eat.
0: Yeah, again, sitcom nonsense.
1: Great. And oh my God, th- this is just absolutely awesome. Wanda in the kitchen using her magic, everything floating around, all the cabinets <laughs> open. She's a mess. This is just yeah. beautiful.
0: Yeah, it is. It's fantastic. It's my favorite sequence of the show.
1: And I'm like, how they how they doing this? How they doing this?
0: Uh, they're doing it old school. You can see it, and it's um, it's fantastic the way they've done it. I love it.
1: I never knew I needed to see Paul Bettany singing yakety yak. I just didn't know.
0: <laughs> I loved the scene, the framing of it when. Mrs. Hart opens the (laughs) shutters and turns around, and Wanda is just standing there with everything floating around her. It's—I just love that.
1: Yes, and I was like bouncing on my couch, freaking out that oh my god, she's gonna get caught.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I think it goes to show how desperate Mrs. Hart was to get something to eat.
1: Yes, and I almost had a stroke when she turned that chicken back into eggs by accident. (laughs)
0: oh i love that oh too much oh not enough
1: (laughs) (laughs) and she's like so over the top with it it's so good and then we have vision is so just beautifully awkward about this fantastic wearing the apron under his suit jacket
0: (laughs) and the whole diane and fred thing (laughs) <laughs>
1: <laughs> the timing of it all, my God, I didn't know either of them had this in them.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's and based incredible. on the
1: interviews they've given, they didn't know they had it in them either.
0: Yeah, well, how would they?
1: Yeah, they were both terrified at the idea of the live
0: audience. Yeah, true. In this day and age, I think anyone would.
1: And then we hear the door, it's Agnes again. Oh, oh the salesman telegrams, oh, selling. they're selling telegrams. <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> yeah and she's come in with a pineapple to save the day
1: now let me tell you breakfast for dinner sign me the fuck up
0: agreed
1: this made me nostalgic for diner food the only time i ever get homesick is when food is involved which should say something about me i think uh yeah <laughs> breakfast for dinner will always be my favorite give me an omelet Give me some nice sweet potato hash browns, a little sausage. We're good to go.
0: Breakfast for dinner or for any meal is always a good idea.
1: This is a crucial scene.
0: Yeah. Now we really get down to it, don't we?
1: We do. So I also want to say I need to IMDB him, the guy playing Arthur Hart, the boss, because I've seen him before. Now, Mrs. Hart was the mom on that 70s show.
0: Yes, and she's fantastic.
1: She is. And she was also Phoebe's brother, Frank's wife on
0: Friends. Right. Yes, correct.
1: Yeah, she's just got the perfect look and the perfect voice for this.
0: Yeah, she played Kitty in the 70s show and she basically just took that character and brought it here. It was perfect.
1: It starts with Mrs. Hart asking wanda envision some questions now she wants to know when'd you get married where'd you come from how come you don't have any kids yet now this is one of those double meaning type of deals because that was common in the 50s for it's still fairly common now in some circles to ask newlyweds or new folks you mean when you have kids why don't you have any?" you know but yeah i also can't help but wonder given what else we see in these episodes is this planting the seed of children in Wanda's mind? Is this intentional?
0: For this episode, not really, because the whole children thing comes oh, in the second episode. with the But whole... I think they're
1: both. I think they're both implanting ideas in Wanda's head.
0: Okay, fair enough. But I think the children thing is not as important as the rest of it right now.
1: Oh, I think you're wrong.
0: No, no, no you're misunderstanding what I'm saying in this particular episode amongst all the questions the children is the least important of those questions considering what happens after
1: yeah so they don't have any answers they can't seem to think they just go blank and Mr. Hart starts demanding answers to these questions
0: you know this sequence where neither wonder and vision are being able to answer reminds me of the curse from once upon a time those of you who haven't seen it once upon a time was a show on abc where fairy tale characters were cursed into the real world and they lived in this town called storybrook and they didn't remember who they actually were that is their fairy tale counterparts and if anyone ever were to come across them and ask them any kind of questions they'd always say like oh it's been like this since i can remember and they would just go fuzzy mhm so this kind of reminded me of that
1: so mr hart starts demanding answers to these questions really demanding mhm and so aggressively it seemingly causes him to start choking on his food
0: yeah seemingly being the key word
1: Seemingly, yeah, I think something else is happening. How about you?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I think Miss Wanda is making
0: him choke. I think so too.
1: Yeah, I think because he's trying to disrupt her happy little world here.
0: Yeah. Well, first off, it's quite unusual for someone to demand answers the way Mr. Hart was. Uh huh. But keeping that aside, if Wanda was choking him... We notice that Vision doesn't help till she tells him to.
1: Correct. That's why I think she's running this show. This isn't the first or last time Vision is going to defer to her.
0: Yes. And it doesn't seem like he's deferring to her. This was one obvious instance. Mm -hmm. And the whole stop this, that's a whole nother level of creepy.
1: Oh, it is because she is looking at Wanda and saying stop it. Yeah.
0: Not yeah. her husband. hmm
1: Yeah, first watch, I saw that and thought, oh, she thinks her husband's being dramatic. Second watch, I was like, oh, shit, she's looking at Wanda and saying, stop it. Yeah,
0: and not only that, she's not actually moving to help her husband. She's telling Wanda to stop it, but she, she's unable to move either.
1: Exactly, because anybody would get up to do something, but she can't. Yeah. And with Vision... I don't know if it's a matter of can't or won't, which then begs the question for for like Mrs. Hart, is this a corporeal being or is this a figment of Wanda's imagination?
0: That's the crux of the whole show. Yeah. What the fuck is going on?
1: Here's the other thing. So if these are corporeal beings who are in danger in some way, have they been sent in by somebody? And that's why they're demanding answers. Is somebody on the outside Trying to break through Wanda's wall that she has up here?
0: Or are they innocent people just caught up? Maybe. And if not, if this is all her imagination, why so many questions? Why Mm -hmm. all this weirdness? It's Mm -hmm. your own imagination. You can come up with whatever you want.
1: Exactly. So Vision ultimately reaches through, pulls out the piece of toast, and everybody pretends nothing just happened.
0: I don't think it's so much as pretend as it just disappears. It yeah. never happened.
1: I think it's more so it disappears and never happened for Mr. and Mrs. Hart and a little yes. less so for Wanda and Vision.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I do love how we, we break the tension with Mrs. Hart coming around. This guest is leaving your home now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. That's a nice way of dialing back the tension.
1: But my question is here, is it Wanda's denial that makes this disappear or an outside force screwing with their brains making them? Mm -hmm.
0: See, now you're making me come back to my (laughs) theory.
1: How about you just say it? Because this is like the fourth time.
0: No, I want to wait till the end of the episode to, you know, bring it all together nicely and tie a bow on it. And come next episode, it's going to explode.
1: All right. All right. Well, speaking of tying a bow on things, they do a really nice job with that at the end of this episode.
0: Yeah, they do. I do like the lobster (laughs) on the door, though. (laughs) Yes, that was great. That has to be mentioned.
1: (laughs) And I even have just in my notes here, I literally wrote this to, to myself. You're such a fucking sap because I thought the I do's here in the rings were just the sweetest thing in the world.
0: Yeah, they were. It was it was amazing. It was beautiful.
1: Now. So we get our little ending here and then we pull out for some Truman Show-esque antics. Mhm. All right. So we see a workstation and somebody watching Wanda and Vision on a television screen. Mhm. Did you also feel that looked like a female hand to you? Yes, it did. Okay, good. And also, that is the Sword logo on the notebook. Yes
0: yes that is true
1: so here's my next question
0: and said female character presses a remote with a big silver button on it
1: Uh uh-huh is that darcy lewis i had the same theory okay because that's kat dennings coloring yeah that looks like her hand right
0: yeah yeah that makes sense
1: for it to be her and as far as the whole truman show thing goes like I get it, I do, but this is way more than just a movie set. So,
0: yeah, I don't think this is a Truman Show kind of thing happening here.
1: It it invokes that slightly. I get it, but yeah, it's not just a movie set. They're they're living in this. They're living the culture. They're living a culture they have no earthly reason to understand or know about.
0: Yeah, and it shouldn't be at no. this point of time.
1: No, I mean, Vision's an android. He should know about this. And hello, he's also fucking dead. And Wanda wasn't born until the 1980s.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this, it makes no sense. And it makes no sense for her to be in a Truman Show kind of situation because she would have her previous memories.
1: But here's the thing. Okay. Previous memories. (laughs) All right. We'll talk about both of these things. One, a lot of people Mm -hmm. think we're going to see... We're going to go back to Wanda's childhood and origins and see that, like, she grew up watching classic American sitcoms.
0: That makes sense. Yes.
1: Totally possible. But as far as manipulating memories go, well, there's somebody who can do that. So Mm -hmm. we should probably mention him now. And that is Mephisto. So in the Marvel Comics universe, Mephisto is the devil of Marvel. He's the Satan. Right. He's Satan. He rules hell, which is a pocket dimension that he can change the structure of at will. Mm-hmm. So he's got a bunch of powers. He's got, you know, the classic super strength, shape shifting. He can also project illusions, he can manipulate memories, and he can alter time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <sighs> I'm really leaning towards him being a big part of this show.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if he is a part of the show, but I do not think he's the one who is, quote unquote, in charge at the moment. I think Wanda is.
1: Well, here's the thing, is that Mephisto, Mephisto was also known for acquiring souls. And Mm -hmm. he did, but he couldn't do that without the express permission of the person whose soul he wanted. And he usually did that through some sort of pact. So what if he is int- He is responsible for this and made a pact with Wanda for something, whatever he wanted from her, whatever he wanted her to do, not do whatever, and in return, gave her this little pocket dimension where she can live with her vision forever and have it exactly the way she wants.
0: Then why all the weirdness? Because it's her imagination.
1: I don't know. But I do think there's someone else we need to discuss. Which is? Ralph. Mm Mm-hmm. Agnes's husband, who we do not see.
0: See, now here, that could be one of two things. One, Ralph is some mystery character who turns out to be the big bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Or two, Ralph is basically the product of sitcoms of you always mention the person but never see them, like Maris from Frasier.
1: Or Norm's wife on cheers. Exactly. Yes. So they just keep fucking with us. (laughs) And
0: also... this is just the first episode.
1: So wrapping this first episode up here now, these bedazzled credits, I can't say why, but for some Mm -hmm. reason they reminded me of the credits on The Crown.
0: Hmm, okay.
1: I don't know why. Are these quantum particles that we're seeing?
0: No, they're... Red, green, and blue, which is the colors of screens, like LCD screens are made of RGB.
1: Now, see, yeah, you would know that. I wouldn't have been able to guess that if somebody had a gun to my head.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So this whole thing with the RGB lights and all that weirdness comes to my theory of Wanda is create this entire sitcom story thing. Either of her own free will, which seems very unlikely, or she's being held captive, and this is her way of escaping. This is her way of dealing with the terrible reality that she's in. Okay. Or this is simply she is in this place called Vestview, which is in present time. People are doing stuff, but she's living in her own mind. Over there, and she's putting these people, she's placing these people in those roles that they are in.
1: Okay, so maybe Mr. and Mrs. Hart, or like, say, if she's locked up in an asylum or something, mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Hart might be the doctor and nurse taking care of her. Possibly. And she's casting them in her own little universe.
0: Right. Okay. And because she is, and for a normal person, they would have this alternate reality in their head. But because Wanda is the Scarlet Witch, she's manifesting it.
1: Right. And she may not be able to control it. And that's why these people are trapped. She doesn't mean to be doing it, which is why she does end up helping the guy. She does end up helping Mr. Hart when he's choking.
0: Yeah. So that... Time where she's frozen, wondering what to do. It's the conflict of do I want to continue living in ignorance or do I want to save this person's life? Mm. Because to her, this is real. Right. And there's that reality versus fake reality versus alternate reality kind of messed up thing going on in her head.
1: Right. And it makes sense that that's why vision deferred to her and had to wait to be told what to do because she's the one driving this car here
0: correct and he doesn't exist he's dead right she could be having all these conversations and doing all of these things with air Mm -hmm. kind of like how we have the big reveal in in joker you know we realize that his entire relationship that we see building up in the movie was a figment of his own imagination
1: um that. That's not really an accurate analogy because it's not a figment of his imagination. It's what his mother told him.
0: No, the relationship that he had with that girl was a figment oh, of his I'm imagination.
1: Sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. I thought you meant with, with Thomas Wayne. You're right. You Yeah. No, no, no. But that is perfect.
0: Yep. Yeah. So Vision is like that girl in this situation. Mm-hmm. But I can't help but feel that the other residents, the other people are actually real people who are being puppeteered right now. Mm-hmm.
1: That's the right word for it. Yep.
0: And that also explains the, the advertisement that we see, because the toaster has, that's the only color we have in this episode, besides the credits, of course, where the light is blinking. And we do remember that the reason why Wanda and her brother were so pissed off and against the Avengers was because of Stark's bombs. They were stuck with a bomb as kids. Right. That never, that never blew up mm-hmm. Okay. and that blinking and the way it goes, blink, 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 and goes faster. You expect it to blow up except the toast comes out.
1: Good point. Hadn't thought of that. Okay.
0: So that's something. So this is, is this her therapy, you know, experiencing all these things from a different perspective or is it the subconscious, like a dream? Hmm.
1: All very interesting ideas. Hmm we're not done people because we're about to jump right into episode two
0: yeah yeah i think we spent more time discussing this episode than the episode was as long than the episode was
1: oh absolutely and it's going to be that way with all of these shows for sure
0: yeah yeah
1: i thought i really loved the intro for episode one and then the the intro came for episode two and i was dancing on my ass I love this animated (laughs) intro so fucking much.
0: Yeah, it was good. Very, very good.
1: It's such a brilliant adaptation. Again, the costuming, the set design, perfect. And the fact that Wanda wiggles her fingers instead of her nose. (laughs) That's brilliant.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah, I really like this intro. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some Easter eggs within that animated intro.
1: Oh, I know. I know. So we start off in the clip we got last week of Juan and Vision scared in their bedroom because they hear a noise. One of the reasons this scene is so hilarious is because Paul Bettany is clearly too big for this little bed. <laughs> he is too long for this thing because of course in the 1950s people could only sleep propped up on three pillows like sitting up.
0: Yeah, now that's
1: that's a normal thing for that time.
0: Yeah, and the second thing is, why why are a married couple sleeping on twin beds?
1: Propriety. That's how it was in the 50s. So for those of you who have not yet watched uh, the Netflix original six-episode series, The History of Swear Words, I cannot recommend it enough. It's one of the greatest things you'll ever watch. The History of Six Different Swear Words in the English language, hosted by Nicolas Cage himself. Amazing. But in this show, they talk about something called the Hayes Code, and it was a basically propriety code for what could be on movies and on television in terms of language uh, during the, like the 40s and 50s. And there was also codes for what could be seen on television. So yeah, even married couples were shown in separate beds. When Lucille Ball became pregnant and they wrote it that into the show... On Isle of Lucy, they could not say the word pregnant on the show. That was the rule. So they would say things like she's with child or she's expecting in the family way, anything but pregnant, which was just absolutely fucking ridiculous. So, yeah, this is appropriate for them to be in separate pets like this.
0: Okay, that's weird.
1: Don't get me started on the cultural hypocrisy that is America.
0: <laughs> but, anyways, within a few moments, Wanda does ensure that they have a nice big double bed.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But first, before we get to that whole cat of worms, this noise, this is a pretty loud noise, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's
1: more than a tree branch can create.
0: Well, yeah. At first, I thought it was just one of those jokes, you know, a way to start the show and bring in the the plot point of the episode. But yeah, I think this, the more I think about it, it's more, it seems like someone's trying to break in.
1: Or are they trying to break out?
0: Or they're trying to break out.
1: Uh Aha. Or are they trying to destroy something within?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Are they trying to come in and break the illusion?
1: Yeah. I mean, that sounded like there was a T-Rex walking around out there. And you know what else, too? Paul Bettany cowering in this bed is hilarious. <laughs> in his purple, in his purple makeup.
0: Yeah. <laughs> With the sleeping mask. <laughs> yeah. That just adds a whole new level of hilarity.
1: Yeah. So like you said, Wanda checks out the noise. I say, oh, it's a tree branch. Vision used his night vision. He didn't see anything. And uh did she you, makes them... Did
0: you use your night vision? Vision. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, you know, she turns the bed, the two beds, into one big bed, and they get under the covers. And what is going on down there? Someone please tell me what's what's going on under there? Because as we are clearly shown in this episode, Vision is definitely an android made of metal and synthetic parts. So what's happening under those covers?
0: see now you're making me go there you're making How can me we go not there
1: go there especially given the way this episode ends
0: i've i've actually been thinking about this uh, i am not proud to admit it but i have we do know that vision is capable of changing his form to a certain extent right
1: yes but he can't change his inner biology
0: he can't change his biology.
1: He can make an illusion of his face, yes.
0: What if it's not an illusion? What if he's hear me out? It's an illusion, yes. He makes himself look more human, but what if he can change or?
1: Just say it. What if he can grow a dick? Just say it.
0: Yeah, I was trying to <laughs> to to not be quite so cross about it, but okay, yes.
1: Us. What if he you're, can? You're now you're concerned about us being crass. <laughs> Really?
0: (laughs) I have no words. Yeah.
1: What if he can create a dick for himself? Go ahead. Continue.
0: Yeah. What if he can? And he is, after all, a machine. He could create, he could create it to any size that she (laughs) enjoys. (laughs) He can make it vibrate. You know, he could make it do all sorts of things. So,
1: you know what? I'm going to stop you there um been a little too long for you my friend (laughs) because i don't really know what all sorts of things means in this context you know toys this is just getting weird now um (laughs) let's just keep it at a normal i'm just thinking let's just
0: i'm just thinking why i mean why if you have the ability to change forms why does it just have to be a boring normal dick it could be I'm not going to go that deep, but it could be anything (laughs) she wants. (laughs) I mean, at this point, he's basically like a blow up doll, isn't he?
1: I think it's time to move on from this line of inquiry.
0: (laughs) See, you were the one who wanted me to go there.
1: I most certainly did not want you to go there. You you (laughs) went three (laughs) exits past what I was looking where I was looking for you to go.
0: But these are questions. These are legitimate questions.
1: (laughs) Well, we're going to get more into this debate in this episode. You know, especially second watch, I really focused more on Elizabeth Olsen and watching Mm -hmm. all of her reactions in this episode. They play off each other so well. Yeah, they do. And you know what helps too? It's got to be said. They both have the perfect white bread look for this. Okay. They do. You can't find whiter people than them. They're perfect for 1950s make-believe suburbia for fucking Pleasantville. I mean, Paul Bettany's played an albino. <laughs> you literally can't get whiter. Perfect.
0: Yeah, but then now we do ha- get introduced to other characters who aren't white.
1: Oh, we're gonna go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got some questions about that. Very excited. Okay. So, we get to the next day.
0: We start off with Wanda and Vision practicing their magic trick for the charity fundraiser.
1: This is adorable.
0: It is. It's cute. And it's sweet that she's so desperate to want to fit in. Which, again, you know, it's it's confusing. She's the one who's making this. She could fit in if she wanted to.
1: True, but, okay, two things here. One... In the comics, Wanda Maximoff is a mutant. Mm -hmm. And for the mutants, that's basically the whole theme of their storyline is fitting in. Should they or shouldn't they?
0: Right. But in MCU canon so far, she is not a mutant.
1: So far. And number two, the whole idea of fitting in, that was the overarching theme of Bewitched so it fits with the show that they are in.
0: Okay, that makes
1: sense. That was was Samantha's whole goal, was fitting in with the regular world. And Darren would do everything in his power to make sure he supported her in that.
0: Okay, that makes sense. All right.
1: And that's what I love, too, about the show so far. Man, if you didn't know that they were both Happily coupled with other people, you'd swear they were a real couple because the love radiating from the two of them is incredible.
0: Yeah, their chemistry is very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've done a good job.
1: Yeah, and I love the little bit of teasing they're doing about the ignorance of people and magic shows and illusion and the idea of people wanting to be fooled, knowing they're Mm -hmm. being fooled and not caring. Right. And it makes me wonder if this whole magical plot line idea is Wanda's way of kind of justifying to herself what she's doing.
0: Possibly. I didn't think of it that way. Hmm. That's interesting. hmm
1: I also need Paul Bettany to have a uh, magic show special on Disney Plus as well. <laughs> and he must wear the hat.
0: Well, you never know, right?
1: So they go their separate ways because Wanda has to go to a committee meeting regarding this, you know, fundraiser. This is the whole reason for the magic show. But she hears something funny again and goes outside and, and, you know, we see the outside of this beautiful house and we see they live at uh, 2,800. Do we think this means something? You know,
0: I think so because it's too prominent for it to not mean something.
1: Devil's Advocate again, that's where addresses go in those big suburban homes. That's how they look. That's the right font. That's where we'd see it. So it could just be a perfectly normal address.
0: Possibly, but it could also, but they use the numbers to a double zero. They could have used anything.
1: Mm-hmm. Why this, so, Marvel? Why this?
0: Yeah, yeah. Or it could also mean nothing, like you said, and we're just reading too much into it because it's Marvel.
1: Correct. So, one thing we're certain, though, does mean something is the little helicopter that Wanda finds in her shrubs.
0: Yeah. And we do hear some loud noise, which is what brings her out in the first place. And this toy helicopter, first off, it's the only thing in color. Uh huh. And again, It's red, red and yellow. Uh Uh-huh. Previous episode, we had the light that was red. And it's got some numbers on it Mm -hmm. as well. Plus, it has the SWORD logo on it.
1: Indeed, it does. Now, did you see that it was subtle, but it was there? Wanda looked up at the window.
0: Yes, she did.
1: Thinking it was the helicopter crashing into the window that was making that noise.
0: Possibly, yes. So this brings up another question slash theory slash I don't know what the fuck. Was this a real helicopter coming into Westview that Wanda is, you know, uh, playing around with and and, uh, manipulating that she's rationalized as a toy helicopter and that noise that she heard was in fact its crash.
1: Oh, that is genius. That could very well be. Oh, Mm -hmm. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yep. Yep. I'm going to agree with you on that. Did you think anything of the color scheme of the helicopter? Of
0: the red and yellow? Yeah. It reminded me of Tony Stark. Yes.
1: That was my first thought when I saw that helicopter.
0: Yeah. But then I miss Tony Stark, so I don't know.
1: (laughs) Because we never know if we're projecting either.
0: Yeah, true. It also depends on like, so the light that we saw in the previous episode on the toaster was proper red. Whereas this wasn't proper red. This was more of a slightly on a... a
1: Maroon. This was more of the Iron Man Man color scheme.
0: Correct. And the yellow. Mm -hmm. It could also be Vision's color scheme slightly off you know his skin tone and the sorry
1: and the mind stone coloring
0: correct yeah Hmm,
1: food for thought because i do eat Hmm. food
0: (laughs) and i do have a skeleton
1: (laughs) (laughs) so wanda's pondering this but she gets distracted by what is the greatest character on this show and that is Senior Scratchy the Rabbit. <laughs> he played Baby Jesus.
0: Yeah. That <gasps> oh must be quite the feat for him.
1: <laughs> I was dying. I was absolutely dying. <laughs> and you know, serious credit to Catherine Hahn and Elizabeth Olson for holding and cuddling that rabbit. They are nasty little creatures.
0: Oh, they're trained.
1: Still, rabbits are nasty. His, his name is Senior Scratchy for a reason.
0: I take it you have not had a bad, good experience with rabbits.
1: I have not. <laughs> no, but they are kind of—they are nasty little things.
0: Well, I had an experience with one rabbit who was super cute, and and well, he spent most of the time under the couch eating lettuce. So, <clears throat> what am I to say?
1: But even funnier than Senior Scratchy, I think this is for me, at least. The f- funniest, subtle little moment of both of these episodes is Catherine Hahn, queen that she is, checking out the mailman's ass as he walks away.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's,
1: she's everything.
0: Now, speaking of the mailman. Uh-huh. I found this particular line that he says, don't shoot, I'm just a messenger, a bit off. I know that it's a regular phrase of don't shoot the messenger. In fact, I've told you that multiple times when you get all freaky with me. Uh-huh. Freaky might not be the right word. When you get all freaked out.
1: <laughs> you need help.
0: <laughs> but still, I don't know. It kind of stood out for me.
1: Me too. Yep. Yep, all of those little lines that are seemingly inconsequential. Yep. Yeah. Because what look at him. What does he symbolize? He's a mailman. He symbolizes, especially back then when people were writing letters a lot still, he symbolizes communication. Mm -hmm. So we haven't seen the last of him.
0: Yeah. And what was the point of him? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nothing is inconsequential.
1: Correct. Yeah. And we're going to get to another line like that in a minute because now we have to head over to Dottie's house for the committee planning meeting.
0: I've missed seeing Emma Caulfield on my screen and. She's fantastic.
1: She reminded me a lot of Rose Byrne in Bridesmaids. So I am going to classify Dottie here as a Stepford bitch.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she is. And it's interesting how that changes later.
1: A little bit. Um, This whole intro scene with her reminded me of life living on a military base as a new military wife i was sitting there like oh god don't take me back there (laughs) just this this deference to the one woman and i mean this kind of shit is still prevalent today obviously men women doesn't matter but way back in the day like that this was you know a really prevalent thing this whole stepford notion
0: yeah it is it is something that it also actually kind of reminded me of the show that i watched called the astronaut wise club uh, it's basically about uh, the astronauts who were involved in the first Apollo missions, and they were all close-knit, all living together, and just the general politics among the wives and things like that.
1: Yeah, and I want to point out something else here, because we're going to talk about racial things soon, but I want to mention this, is that we see the actress's name is Jolene Purdy, the one who is, is talking, giving her little presentation to start it off,
0: right. and
1: we see here, I mean, this is prevalent today even, but, but back then, when there was a very definite ideal of body type, we see here that it is the heavy woman who is forced to be the most def- deferential to the queen bee, who gets shit on mm-hmm. the most, who gets humiliated.
0: Well, that's pretty common even in modern day sitcoms. You know, she actually kind of reminds me of Patrice from How I Met Your Mother, Koby smulders uh, was on that show and when she was working on at a tv station she had this colleague named patrice who was the sweetest w- woman you know she was really helpful and very kind and robin was this absolute bitch to her even if patrice would come up to her and tell her like Oh, you seem to uh, like, oh, how are you? And Robin would just scream at her like, nobody asked you, Patrice. So, yeah, it's it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Overall, heavy people tend to be the butt of a lot of jokes. Sitcom or no sitcom.
1: Mm-hmm. We have not seen the last of this character yet either. Though.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: There will be more for her to do.
0: Yeah, they focused too much on her. For her to not have some importance.
1: Yeah, let's hope she gets her payback against Dottie here. <laughs> yeah, so Dottie has to go off on her little soapbox, looking down her nose at everybody, picking on them, harping on them.
0: Mm-hmm. Agnes takes out the booze.
1: Yes, leave it to Agnes to have a flask.
0: Yeah, absolutely perfect. And may I say much needed for, an, for a meeting like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And... Dottie says about this whole fundraiser that the devil is in the details. And Agnes says, huh, that's not the only place he is.
0: Yeah. On the surface level, you think that she's making a snide remark about Dottie.
1: I think there's more to it.
0: Yeah. Like you did speak about Mephisto.
1: Yeah. I don't trust Catherine Hahn. I don't trust Agnes. I don't know quite what she's up to. She seemed also just a little bit more serious in this episode.
0: Hmm. Possibly. But there generally seems to be a theory that Agnes is actually Agatha Harkness, who in the comics is Wanda's friend slash mentor.
1: Well, sometimes she was a mentor and sometimes she was a villain.
0: Yeah. So we don't know. So is she the villain? Who is nudging Wanda? Or is she the friend who is guiding her through this whole insanity?
1: Or is she playing both sides?
0: Maybe. Could be. Because she has a lot to do. She does. the entire show so far.
1: She does. And in the trailers we've seen, we have seen her cackling in a witch's costume on Halloween. hmm We have seen her in trailers wearing the same... The same necklace in all of these mm-hmm. different eras, right? And canonically, Agatha also had a lot to do with Wanda's babies,
0: mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
1: So we can't wait to see how this plays out.
0: Yep, true. Or she could just be a completely different character. We have no clue about because we're idiots.
1: <laughs> could be. The fact that we're idiots always always leaves room for the unexpected.
0: <laughs> Absolutely yes.
1: Okay, now correct me if I'm wrong here. Tell me if I missed something. But uh, Tiana Paris totally just appears out of thin air, right?
0: She was there for the meeting, yeah.
1: But she just kind of appeared.
0: Yeah, I mean, they introduced her character this time, yeah.
1: It felt more amorphous to me. Like she was just not there one second and then just there.
0: Yeah, you know, see, this is what got me thinking. The Sauron helicopter that came in, like the, the the theory that I told you that it crashed and all of that. This makes me think maybe we know that Tiana Paris is, is playing Monica Rambo and who is connected to Captain Marvel and we know that she is a pilot. Was she the pilot who came in on that chopper?
1: Is that why Tiana Paris was not in the first episode because the helicopter hadn't crashed yet?
0: Possibly, yes. But then we also do meet other characters in the first in the second episode that we hadn't met in the first episode
1: correct now here's my question mhm so i'm wondering if we need to take race into account in any way as far as
0: westview goes in what sense
1: okay so we've got a couple things going on here westview is 1950s america a time when the country was aggressively even violently segregated mhm So we'll call her Geraldine for now. We know this is Monica Rambeau, but she apparently doesn't, so we'll call her Geraldine for the moment. She would not be welcome as a Black woman in this neighborhood, let alone at a civic group. You know what I mean?
0: Right. She wouldn't be welcome in the inner circle, even if she was living there.
1: Exactly. So I'm wondering, but the other side of this coin is that Monica Rambeau has already been introduced in Captain Marvel. Right. So because of that, it's not like we can write this off as writers in 2020 being inclusive and representative as they should be because this character has already existed. You see what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I get what you're saying. So you're basically saying that they're not just trying to put someone in for the sake of it but there is a deeper meaning behind this they cast Monica Rambeau they brought in Monica Rambeau for a reason and the fact that she happens to be black is irrelevant
1: yes that's what i'm saying i'm wondering how many layers there might be to this maybe there's nothing to it you know but given the nature of the show given the time period i do think it needs to at least be broached you know Okay, so putting Monica Rambeau, Geraldine aside, we also have Herbert. Right. And Herbert wouldn't belong here any more than Geraldine.
0: Uh, Yeah, I suppose that's true. But we don't know who Herbert is. Like, is he another superhero character that we are unaware of? Or is he just an innocent person who got swept into this?
1: That's a good question.
0: This could also be like the theory that I was speaking about where Wanda has just created this, where Wanda has just taken these people, like those who she knows who, who are around her and made this reality. And in this situation, we do have Herbert and it's irrelevant in her mind.
1: Yeah, that very well could be too. Again, just layers on top of layers here with the story and writing. It's so well done.
0: It is, but from my perspective, I would think that the race aspect of these characters is not important so much as who these characters are.
1: True, and hopefully Geraldine will figure out who the hell she is soon, and yeah, maybe we'll find out more about Herbert, or as Vision called him, Sherbert.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it will make sense once we are out of this. This world, this fucked up sitcom world that we're in, I don't think it's so much about race. I think it's this influx of a real person who seems to have come in and got trapped. Because when we meet Geraldine, she's confused. She seems out of sorts.
1: Yeah, she even says, I don't know what I'm doing here.
0: Yeah, and we know for a fact that she's a real person because of the leaks. We know who she is. She's Monica Rambeau.
1: Right. So why does she think, why does she think her name is Geraldine?
0: Because Wanda's fucking with shit.
1: Or somebody else or someone else has implanted that idea in her mind.
0: Maybe. It's possible that she came in as part of S.W.O.R.D. to try and break through this and she ended up getting sucked into it.
1: Maybe. It's not exactly something you can train for.
0: I mean, you can't, it's impossible for you to train trained for being fucked with in the head
1: yeah so i love this whole scene elizabeth olsen is great with the awkwardness of it trying to fit in copying dottie's mannerisms and all that and we see her counterpart here paul bettany does such a great job with the same thing at the library
0: yeah (laughs) and i like the fact that in this entire thing it's the men who are gossiping
1: I thought the same thing. I loved it because it shows this very true fact that men are just as if not more gossipy than women.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They just gossip about different things. And misogyny makes makes us feel that what we gossip about is inherently less important than what they do. Right. And the term is always women are gossips.
1: So about this conversation the men gossiping. So one of them says that he's got this juicy bit of news that one of the guys, oh, you know those bowling trophies he's always showing off? hmm He actually got them from a yard sale in Hackensack. Right. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with the area, Hackensack is a fairly good-sized city in northern New Jersey. Okay. It is right on the border of New York and New Jersey. So here is my question. They could have picked any city town they wanted. They could have made it up. They could have called it somethingville, something town, anything they want. But they picked Hackensack, fucking New Jersey, which is not a place you go to. It's a place you go through. (laughs) I, I grew up not far from it. Not a place you want to be. It's a very industrial kind of place. But this got me thinking. Amy, do you recall where the Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters is? No. Westchester, New York.
0: Right, I knew it was somewhere in New York.
1: Yeah, about a forty-five minute drive. Okay, forty-five minutes to an hour drive from uh from Hackensack. So my question is: is is West Westview like a Springfield type place on The Simpsons, or is Westview somewhere actually in New York and New Jersey? And does that proximity to the mutants matter?
0: It's possible because up until now we couldn't have the the mutants in. MCU because of contractual obligations, but now that that's sorted out, is this like a backdoor entry for the mutants to show up? Could be. Do you remember where was Cap's base? Jersey. Don't you think that also could play into something because that was an that was a military base? What if Best View is a similar base?
1: And we're gonna see we're gonna see the Hydra logo in this episode. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what if this, there's something else to it?
1: What if that's the Jersey? Yeah, the Jersey connection. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. What if they're in that area and Westview is just unfortunately being manipulated by Wanda?
1: Could be. Mm-hmm. So Vision's just being one of the guys right now, and you know what that means sometimes? That means chewing gum. <laughs> Man, this took me back to like... This took me back to being a kid on a Saturday morning in like 1992, seeing those old Big Red commercials.
0: Okay. So that's something I want to ask you. Is Big Red actually a brand? Yes. Okay.
1: It's a hot cinnamon. It's a hot cinnamon gum.
0: Ew. Okay.
1: used to burn the shit out of my mouth when I was a kid.
0: Yeah. That explains Vision's dirty face because... (laughs) Yes. That's not a nice flavor. No. So this is something that I found interesting Because Big Red is an actual, like you said, it's an actual brand. And that's a nice, nice, smart way of bringing in product placement for something that would be appropriate at that time.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And gives the audience a nice little moment of nostalgia too. Yeah. And I love the mastication joke. (laughs) I don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, you do.
0: Yeah, the face says it all
1: yeah so i knew this whole gum idea was not going to go well for him
0: yeah obviously who knew gum could be so dangerous right
1: they did such a good job with that animation of his innards (laughs) that was so
0: smart Yeah, that was cute
1: (laughs) so we get back to wanda cleaning up after all these women here and uh her and dottie have a little heart to heart that is reminiscent of the dinner scene in episode one
0: yeah, is it really a heart to heart? It's a something to something. <laughs>
1: because it seems like dottie is threatening Wanda. Yeah. I know about you. I've seen some things.
0: No, she doesn't say that. She said I've heard about thing. I've heard <sighs> things about you and your husband.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but just generally speaking. That you know. Yeah. She knows something yeah. about some.
0: Yeah. Now, on one hand, This could be taken as sitcom trying to set up the nemesis. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: On the other hand, this is, again, something that's outside of the sitcom. And then shit starts happening. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think Wanda likes being threatened.
0: No, she does not. But before before she can do anything, we start hearing something. Mm Mm-hmm. Did that voice voice sound familiar to you?
1: Oh, that's Jimmy Woo.
0: Yeah. That is absolutely Jimmy
1: Woo coming through that radio and asking Wanda, who's doing this to you? Yeah. And that's when Wanda really loses it.
0: Correct. And the radio sparks out and Dottie ends up breaking the glass in her hand.
1: Yeah, that was a nasty cut on her hand.
0: Yeah, and again... The only color, red. Mm-hmm. What does that mean?
1: Yeah, because let's think about what we've seen in color that's red so far. The light on the toaster, right? The helicopter. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. This blood. Mm-hmm. Anything else?
0: No. That's it. I got nothing. Scarlet? Red? Is that? that's that's too simple an explanation.
1: Well, see, here's here's the thing. Here's the other thing I'm thinking about is that it certainly seems like Wanda doesn't like being threatened and that she's the one shorting that radio, breaking that glass, but what if it's not? What if it's the bad guy, possibly Mephisto, who's controlling this, who's ultimately controlling her doing that to thwart the good guys? to thwart the message that Jimmy Woo is trying to get through to her.
0: So you're saying she's not in control at all?
1: No, I'm saying she's got some control. She's got some Mm -hmm. manner of free will, but within certain parameters that she's having her strings pulled to, to a certain extent. So think of her, think of it this way. Um, If it's Mephisto, he's Thanos and she's Loki. Where certain amount of free will, and choice like he had in the avengers but still being controlled only in her case more directly does that make sense
0: kind of and may i just say congratulations this is the longest time you went without mentioning loki it's a new record for you
1: (laughs) it's an apt analogy
0: (laughs) you could have found anything else
1: what other Marvel analogy? Do I have where some where a bad guy, is where somebody who's doing bad or nefarious things is being puppeted by a bigger bad, by a bigger villain?
0: How many analogies have I given this episode that have had nothing to do with Marvel? That
1: my God, really? It's a Marvel show. <laughs> Give me a goddamn break, <laughs> Miss. Why not have a regular dick? He could turn it into whatever she likes. Get out of here.
0: Hey, it's a legitimate point.
1: Now, I think it's important to note that as soon as we finish this little bit here and Dottie seems to just move on, like, no big deal. A housewife, you know, knows how to get blood out of a, out of a a, a handkerchief. Yeah. We cut immediately to the Hydra commercial.
0: Yes. The fact that Dottie immediately changes, it's kind of like a mental reset for her. And that's not, and that's similar to what happened with the hearts Mm -hmm. in the first episode. Mm -hmm. So again, someone is playing with their heads and creating the sort of mini reset for all of them. And if you notice after that, Dottie is no longer antagonistic with Wanda.
1: Yeah, but that could also be a play on, again, the ignorance of the time People wanting to jump on a bandwagon that's trendy. This type of woman in that trope would want to cozy up with somebody she thinks she can use, that sort of thing. So it's it's hard to say, again, what's sitcom tropes versus something more nefarious. But the fact that that happens and they they immediately cut to Hydra, that makes me think mm-hmm. maybe it's not Mephisto. Maybe this is Hydra, or maybe he's working on behalf of Hydra. Because what was the cat... Maybe. Did, Did you notice the tagline here?
0: No. What was the tagline?
1: It's a Strucker brand watch. He'll make time for you.
0: Right. Did the Strucker aspect of it ring any bells for you?
1: Yeah, Von Strucker.
0: Yeah. Which Von Strucker?
1: Oh, there's a couple, aren't there? Yeah. You know, it just makes me think that Mephisto is working with them Because he would be able to make time for her. Literally, he can alter time. So this might mean not like make time for you the way parents like make time for their kids or you make time for activities, but literally create time.
0: Mm -hmm. And if this is Wanda's imaginary world, Baron Strucker was the Hydra boss Uh that tortured her in Age of Ultron. Uh Uh-huh. So that's the connection. And, and did you notice the couple?
1: It was the same. The guy was the same, wasn't it? But not the woman?
0: They were both the same. They were
1: both the same. Right. Okay.
0: Yeah. And again, in an advertisement like this, sure, you know, in the toaster advertisement to have that couple, they're not exactly the best, you know, looking, they're kind of average looking people. Makes sense. But in this ad for a watch... You know, they're trying to do this whole glamour thing. Those are not the kind of people you would cast for such a glamorous advertisement.
1: That's an excellent point. I hadn't picked up on
0: that. These two, there's more to them.
1: hmm Yeah, I'm with you on that. So from that commercial, we head over to the talent show where...
0: Right. For the children.
1: For the children, yes. Where Wanda is impatiently waiting for her husband to show up <laughs> again. Who knew Paul Bettany was such a great physical comedian.
0: <laughs> yeah. He does a good job of playing drunk while not drunk.
1: He does. Yes. Um, fun fact, everyone gum makes androids drunk. <laughs> I need to go back now and watch star Trek and see if, if Brent spider ever had issues with, with double Okay. So speaking of for the children. Yeah. We touched on this a little while ago. I think this is planting a seed in Wanda's mind. Again, this is more than just a funny mocking trope of the hypocrisy of America, of the Puritans always pull out that for the children when they want something censored and all that nonsense. But
0: oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. One hundred percent. It might seem like it on the surface, but no, there's something more to it. And the fact that they keep repeating it, like this chant, it's like like a cultish chant. It's creepy.
1: It reminded me of Hot Fuzz, where, uh, for those who haven't seen, Simon Pegg plays a London cop in that who gets transferred out to the boonies and comes across this crazy town where people are being killed for not conforming properly. And they repeat this mantra throughout the movie, for the greater good for the greater good. And that's what this for the children reminded me of.
0: hmm. Doesn't also have a sort of similar intonation to Hail Hydra?
1: Hmm. Maybe. Just the repetition of it. Maybe. The military like yeah. repetition could be.
0: I just pulled that out of my ass. It could be. I, I, I <laughs> do, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I was like, huh, I don't know.
1: Oh, My favorite part here with Bettany and these magic tricks is Flourish.
0: yeah Yeah, that was that was fun and and Wanda like you don't have to say it you just have to do it (laughs) now
1: I love this whole sequence I think this is deeper than just these magic tricks and sitcoms did have a lot to say about America at the time I think it was there was an undertone that a lot of people didn't see and that's what this is they're playing on the idea that people are stupid people are ignorant they only see what they want to see Mm -hmm. because it's quite obvious that there's some crazy shit going on here with what Vision's doing
0: yeah and Wanda's trying her best to hide that yeah she's not doing
1: the best job that's my point is that it's obvious well yeah Vision's flying Mm -hmm. and then some rope just magically appears
0: right yeah
1: and the piano, like that guy, he says afterwards, that was my grandmother's piano. That dude knows Correct. it was a piano. So what the hell just happened?
0: Yeah. And Jolene Purdy's character who says, is that how mirrors work? Uh-huh. And Dottie tells her to shut up. See, now that's the point over there. Dottie till then was not taking anybody's shit. But in this case, when it is so apparent that mirrors don't work like that and uh, this lady has a point. Dotty tells her to shut up. And then the whole award thing happens. I think there is some mind fuckery going on over there.
1: It could be. It could be. Now, and speaking of mind fuckery, so Vision is taking serious risks here, showing off his powers. Is he doing this because he's not in his right mind because of the gum? Or is there more at play? Why? These are crazy risks he's taking.
0: Yeah, well, it, definitely does seem like it's more about the gum. Is it? It seems like it.
1: Because remember, if this is Wanda's subconscious, if this is Wanda controlling this, then she's the one who put him in that position to take those risks.
0: Right. And she's trying to cover it up. And everyone else does play along with it.
1: So I'm wondering if there is more, this is more of her warring with herself. Possibly. So they finish up their show and... Wanda's worried about her husband who's been feeling weirdy all day. Yeah. <laughs> He's practically in tears. I love it.
0: Yeah. And she manages to go and find that piece of gum.
1: Yeah, what was that body scan it thing? That was, it new. was an
0: animation. No. No, it was an animation.
1: Yeah, it was, but like, since when can she do that?
0: She can change the world. Yeah, so I guess she can find gum inside of an
1: android. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it is? I'm fatigued from three months of discussing Matt Murdock's
0: extrasensory medical powers and his ability to hear things.
1: <laughs> yes. He'd heard that <laughs> gum in there before Wanda found it, I would tell you. Yeah. Yeah, for those who. Are new to the podcast? Do check out our commentary series on Daredevil Season One, and you'll know what we're talking about. <laughs> so the show's finished. Wanda thinks they've bombed, so it's like,, let's get out of here before Donnie tells us we ruined her show and turns out, oh, they all just loved it,
0: yeah, and they are given an award, yeah, big hit, yeah,
1: so we do need to mention that uh Geraldine was a big part of making the show a success because she just you know magically appears in the box with the wanda's little twitch of her fingers right and you thought she was confused and she plays along yeah
0: yeah she poor thing i feel bad for her
1: yeah she's just kind of appearing and disappearing in places
0: (laughs) yeah yeah well in this case we do know wanda was the one who messed around and got her into that box yes and she does ask them like one second i was backstage and the next minute I'm in this cubby box how did that happen
1: yeah they don't really have any answers for her
0: no but I do think I do hope that this is something that will play in later on where all these little inconsistencies with her character will add up for her to quote-unquote wake up
1: yeah I can't wait yeah so then Wanda and Vision head home and they're having a nice little moment together. And then, uh, three, two, one, abracadabra. Uh, Wanda's pregnant.
0: <laughs> Quite pregnant, might I add.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'd say, like, um, a solid six months pregnant. Judging, yeah. by, judging yeah. by the size of that bump there.
0: Mm-hmm. If only pregnancies were that quick in real life.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I... You gotta love how neither of them questions this development.
0: Yeah, well, again, see, now, I'm not going to go there again.
1: (laughs) So many, so very many things to question about this development.
0: (laughs) And one of the major flaws definitely is how fast the Betty grew. Yeah. For sure. Hold on. What if she's pregnant in normal real world and she's in this mind prison and this whole sitcom thing is playing in her mind and that's why this whole for the children for the children thing happened.
1: Could be though then the question becomes how?
0: Well again previous to Vision Dying, you know, well
1: Well that takes us right back again uh to The question of what exactly happened in Edinburgh. But there could also be another explanation in the comics. Wanda did become pregnant with twins. She believed that she was using her own power to become pregnant. But but in actuality, Agatha Harkness reveals to Wanda that her children actually have like parts of a demon soul inside of them. That it wasn't good magic that did it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so that's another possibility yeah so obviously we're gonna have way more things to talk about as far as this pregnancy goes as episodes go on but we also need to discuss the potential significance of colorization
0: yeah yeah and i had another theory what if this is wanda in the future who's lost her children
1: and gone insane. He's
0: fucking with things. Yeah.
1: That's exactly what happened in the comics. She went nuts after she lost her kids.
0: Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And then we hear another noise again.
1: Mm-hmm. This really persistent thing.
0: Yeah. So they go out onto the street and they see this manhole cover opening up.
1: I mean, my first thought is Ninja Turtle. Every time. <laughs> They're the only beings I'm aware of who travel by sewer and rely mm. upon manhole covers. So, you know, mm-hmm. showing my 90s.
0: <laughs> but in this situation, a man in a beekeeper uniform comes out and he has bees hovering around him.
1: The fuck did these bees come from?
0: Uh, underground.
1: Yeah, yeah. Bees aren't in the sewer. I'll tell you that much. Yeah.
0: And the person's uniform has the S.W.O.R.D. logo on it. Yeah. Any theories? Uh,
1: I don't know. All I can express here is solidarity with Wanda because she says the exact thing I say when I also see any amount of bees, which is (laughs) no.
0: But unfortunately, you can't rewind time. I cannot. I think this is another attempt of S.W.O.R.D. trying to come in with Wanda trying to rationalize it.
1: How would one rationalize a beekeeper? How is that rational anyway? A beekeeper coming out of a manhole cover. How would anybody think that was rational in their brain? Honestly, it would make more sense for a Ninja Turtle to come out of the manhole cover in her mind if she grew <laughs> up on that on American TV. It should be fucking Leonardo coming out of that thing and not a beekeeper. <laughs>
0: If someone is coming at you wearing futuristic stuff in order to protect themselves from the mind fuck going on, it could potentially look like a very high tech B uniform that she's rationalizing into a more traditional one.
1: I don't know, because I think she knows exactly what she's saying. And that's why she says no, because she knows what it is and wants nothing to do with it, wants no disruption to her world
0: yeah i think so too and that's why she rewinds but there is a certain amount of i know but i want to ignore Uh and i also want to try and explain away
1: yes and the question is whoever came through this manhole cover are they trying to help her or hurt her and what does that mean to her Because what we may see as someone trying to help her, she may see as somebody trying to hurt her. Correct. It's all about perspective. Or vice versa. And again here, it's subtle, but vision defers to her.
0: Yeah, he does. And when he does hold on to her, he holds on to her belly. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So then we get back inside after the rewind here, which I need one of those. For sure. (laughs) A life rewind button. Absolutely.
0: Oh, we all do at this point. We could do with a good rewind and fast forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then they're having this tender moment and everything suddenly changes to color. And this is so brilliantly done because this is what happened with Bewitched. Bewitched started in black and white and then part of the way through the run of the show, TV was colorized. Right. And it just looks beautiful.
0: Yeah, it does. It does. And... If I'm not mistaken, the furniture looks different as well. It's not during the colorization that it's changed, but from the previous episode to this episode, the furniture is different.
1: Yes. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Be which was a little further, a little further on, a little more modern.
0: Mhm. Yeah. So yeah, this is interesting and I'm I can't wait to see what happens next episode.
1: Well, at the very tail end here though, we hear Jimmy Woo still trying to reach Wanda.
0: Yeah. He's in for a long ride, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he's sounding pretty desperate.
0: Yeah, he is. He 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 would be. Anyone would be. Yep. Because
1: that's the thing is we don't know what's at stake. Correct. So that is where we wrap up episode two of WandaVision. Oh, my God. Where's that fast forward button? I need it now.
0: Yeah, we need to get to next Friday now. Oh,
1: I can't wait. <laughs> So now we mentioned earlier we recently finished a full commentary series on Daredevil season one. And just want to give a shout out to a couple people. Naomi, the Carib Mermaid, and and Lorna Natural. Thank you so much for the love that you guys gave us on Twitter for the entire series. We hope you're sticking around for WandaVision. And big thanks to the whole crew over at Save Daredevil. You guys are awesome. Thank you for collaborating with us. And we hope your efforts pay off and we get matt murdoch either in the mcu or daredevil season four
0: yeah we really hope to see charlie cox back again you more so than me a
1: little bit yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now moving on to wandavision uh chinton at eng gamer what do you think about my little hack and sack westchester theory since you want to see the x-men coming in let us know what you think
0: and ninja cat hockey and charles our very own mr mr geek and Eats, we love you thank you for being with us for all this time through all the shows that we've covered it's been great talking to you guys
1: yeah and we hope you enjoy wandavision everybody as much as we do
0: so we here are buzzing with theories and ideas and we don't know what to make of the show right now but if you have any ideas or you want to discuss your theories with us you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at MarvelMadams.
1: Thanks to all you madams for joining us today. I'm Madam Chris,
0: And I'm Madam Amy. Join us next week for our discussion of WandaVision episode three.
1: Maybe we'll see Paul Bettany dance next week. I hope so.
0: That would be interesting. If you enjoy listening to us, sign up on our website to get an exclusive behind the scenes episode.
1: And every two weeks, we'll send you bonus content that we save just for our VIPs.
0: Visit us on the MarvelousMadams.com where infinity cells are a girl's best friend
1: greetings from westview it's okay you don't have to shout <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying now i'm overcompensating <laughs> yeah it's hard for me to. okay i just i just <laughs> lost a hearing point sorry okay <laughs> push my mic back a little bit here. greeting no, no. <laughs> Oh, I can't do it. Not loud. That's like okay. I see an exclamation point that, in my brain.
0: That that doesn't mean that you have to go down like I know manly voice down. <laughs> okay, all right. Take three.